That intro music means you are listening to another episode of Story Arc. Welcome to the show. My name is Chris Thompson, and I will be your host this week. I can't wait for you to hear the two stories that we have coming up, but first, I just want to take this moment to say just a few things to you, the listener. This podcast has honestly been an amazing experience for me to create, and I have spent many, many, many an hour, probably more than I have to give or that I should even be giving to this project. Your support and your criticism has caused me to work harder than I ever have on any other podcast that I have been a part of. And honestly, I hope that that shines through in the stories that you are hearing. I cannot say thank you enough to all of you that have helped me make this dream a reality. And if you ask the people around me, I'm not an overly emotional person, but your support has made me jump for joy and even shed a tear because of the happiness that I feel, which is saying a lot. And so as you hear these next stories, know that you have made them into what they are. This week we are featuring two stories that deal with the end of society as we know it. One is from the perspective of an android who cares deeply for its master. And the second is a group of humans that find themselves on the run from the error of their own creation. I hope that you enjoy these stories because I've had a blast making them into what they are. And without any further ado, here they are for your listening pleasure. We'll see you on the other side. Master's Orders by Jermaine McGill Sten stood on the edge of the building, looking down at the twisted pile of metal and pooled hydraulic fluid as it ebbed into the sewer below. Many AI before him pondered the same thoughts of existence and purpose. Their masters had died or left the earth for a more hospitable planet. After the first great AI war, all robots were outfitted with a reverent subroutine. They, he, was undyingly bound to his master. His reverent subroutine was enhanced with each praise, touch, or commendation from his master. And now, Sten was lost, wandering in a haze of desperation in the 31 days since his last praise. He asked himself, What is existence without a master? Sten was specifically designed for single mothers who needed an extra hand around the house. He remembered how his master, Stacy, would congratulate him on a well-prepared dinner. Her favorite was a lemon herb salmon with quinoa salad. He always prepared it with a cinnamon apple compote and lavender honey ice cream. He learned the recipes from a YouTube video. His core warmed just thinking about her praise after her long days at the hospital. The first to go was Sarah. Stacy's daughter had returned from NYU and quickly developed hives and fever. Her mother, eternally positive, assured her that it was only the 24-hour flu and not that nasty virus going around. 24 hours later, Sarah was swollen and bleeding all over her bedroom to preclude any other diagnosis. 
Sten played the recording of her being carted away to remember her last moments with them. She passed away in three days. Six months later, Stacy contracted the virus from a patient at the hospital. Refusing to risk others' lives, she quarantined herself and taught Sten how to care for her at home. The routine of meals, pills, and sponge baths were easy to learn. He relished the extra time he had with her, despite her health status. She remained unrelentingly optimistic and affectionate. He never knew which day would be her last, so he recorded every single night he read books to her as she fell asleep. Somehow, she knew. One morning, Sten arrived at her bedside with the cadre of pills and two glasses of water to choke them all down. Stacy waved them off, breathing shallow as if the air itself was poisoned. She leaned forward as Sten approached her and said, You have to take care of things when I'm gone. Sten nodded in approval and opened a virtual task list and replied, Ma'am, what would you like me to care for today? Stacy slowly gathered herself and said, There is a list in the top drawer of the nightstand. Please just do what's on the list. She reached up to pat him on his shoulder and pursed her lips to blow him a playful kiss, like she always did. The wind whipped around his metallic legs as he braced himself for the jump to his demise. The stench of rusted iron and corroded metal wafted up before him. He was lonely for the first time. He took out the final note from Stacy to ensure that he had completed every task as her dying wish. The 32 items were listed as complete in his memory set. He read the final line. Love life and take care of yourself. His core warmed and his fluids raced. Sten opened a new virtual task list with two more items to complete. He stepped back onto the rooftop and began to search the internet. He queried, What is life? Narration for this story was done by Mitch Connolly. You can find more podcasts that Mitch is a part of by visiting blockpartypodcastnetwork.com. You can also find him on Twitter at DM underscore Mitch. Sten the Android was played by Andy Hager. If you would like to get in contact with Andy, you can email him at athager at yahoo.com. Stacy was played by Alyssa Thompson. You can find more of Alyssa's work at soundcloud.com slash Alyssa Thompson. And you can also follow her writings at alyssalin.wordpress.com. And now, on to our second story of the day. Last Stop by Dark Interval. As the warp drives disengaged, 
the light show around the ship scattered back into the background radiation of the cosmos. The space-time curve was no more, and we found ourselves in the neighbourhood of Gaia, an Earth-like planet in the Delta Sagittari system, the last bastion for the refugees of a dying race. Right as we passed one of Gaia's two moons, the planet was open for us to inspect. You know, I never thought that humanity would meet its end in the pioneer colonies. The engineer said to me as he turned the positron capacitors off. A tombstone near the Falvas ain't that bad, considering the situation. I awkwardly joke, trying to dissipate the grim mood of the statement. The engineer chuckled, and then as he finished discharging the capacitors, he sighed with a pain in his heart and walked towards the pilot cabin. As all pioneer colonies, Gaia was abandoned by colonists for more than a millennium now. I never really understood why though. As far as the first colonies goes, it was a gem, like Earth in the past. This was a cradle of life, and apparently still is. Considering there was no human activity on the planet for a thousand years or so, life here flourished even more. The first thing that greeted us on the surface were the towering plant life we called falvas. They looked more like flowers than the trees of Earth. Upon landing near the derelict port, the sight was saddening to say the least. Only a few dozen of the refugee fleet ships have landed before us. And I'm pretty sure we were the last ones to leave the world of Lero before the machine mind cleansed it of all human life that was unable to escape. The sad state of the situation left me weak at the knees, so I decided to rest against the gigantic trunk of Falva. There must be more of us coming. There's no way we're the last ones, I said out loud. Don't get your hopes up, kid. After this long, the chances for the lost ships to return are next to none. It's most likely that either the machinists caught up with them, or their warp drives wore out and malfunctioned before reaching Gaia, said the engineer as he too was resting near me. Considering the condition of our ship, we can't run much longer. This place, for you, for me, for everyone here, may be the last stop. I'd advise you to spend these last days wisely. He stood up, brushed the dirt off his pants, and took off towards the campsite. Last stop. These two words sank painfully in my mind. Humanity's last stop. And on a natural world, nonetheless. As my mind gets stuck on this notion, it slowly drifts away, and I find myself once again deep within my thoughts, trying to understand, how did this come into being? And then suddenly, one word from the abyss of my mind. Immortality. Of course. The machine mind was our answer for it. Once we conquered matter, and thus life through conquering space, we thought we could stop time, and thus death, by conquering the mind. And so we did. We built machines that were artificial shells for our intelligence to inhabit. And once the first humans merged with the cold metal of machines, all we got was silence. A new race was born that did not wish to speak to us, only show their intentions through action, and their first action. Forceful transference of humanity towards the machine mind. No choice was given, no reason, like a tumour, it kept multiplying at the expense of humanity. Machinas were like an event horizon of intelligence, unknowable and unstoppable. For some, this seemed like a salvation. 
For us, it was a death sentence. So we fled. Whatever machines were, they in our eyes were not human and never will be. But no matter how far you run, how many laws of nature you'll bend, time will catch up eventually. Is this the ultimate price our species has to pay for our past mistakes? Or is this just the way nature has always worked? Error after error that eventually builds something that surpasses you with flying colours. Whatever it may be, seems like the end comes to all, and humans are no stranger to that. Even gods die by the hand of their creation. I guess I can take comfort in that. I stood up and took a long, good look toward the sky. Because of the strong magnetosphere, the planet hosted magnificent light shows of the Borealis, even this far away from the bowls. The sunset toward the horizon let other stars to finally shine through the atmosphere. Once I finished admiring the skies of Gaia, I too decided to go to the camp. The last days of humanity on Gaia were marked by the rain of fire and metal as the machinas entered the atmosphere of the pioneer world. So let's greet our visitors one last time. Last Stop was written by Dark Interval. If you want to check out more of the stuff that Dark Interval is writing or doing, check out reddit.com slash u slash dark underscore interval. Voice work for Last Stop was done by Morgan Jenkins. You can find more of his work at goinginblindpodcast.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at goinginblinddnd and also follow Morgan at moronjank on Twitter. Thanks for your voice, Morgan. It really brings out a new side of the story that we wouldn't have otherwise had. An additional voice work in this story was done by me, Chris Thompson. You can check out the other podcast I'm a part of at blockpartypodcastnetwork.com. And also feel free to follow me on Twitter at DM underscore Chris one. As all good things have it, they must inevitably come to an end. And this is where we start to do our sign-off. I want to take a moment to say thank you, listeners and Story Architects, for listening to this week's episode. Story Arc is a proud, proud member of the Block Party Podcast Network, and we produce a new show every two weeks for your listening enjoyment. If you are interested at all in participating with either your voice or a story, go to our website, blockpartypodcastnetwork.com. Find the Story Arc tab and navigate to either the voice or the story submission page there. Those pages will guide you through the rest of the process. And join us again in two weeks for two more great stories. And until then, my hope for you, the listener, is that the world around you will continue to inspire you as it has me. Have a great rest of your week, and we'll see you back here again soon. Mm-hmm.